Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey folks, welcome to another season, another episode of Full Count Chaos. Appreciate you taking the time to tune in. Of course, I'm Nathan Andrews. You can reach me anytime. Full Count Chaos at gmail.com. Opening day right around the corner. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, I don't know if I'm going to continue to take a break like that and do, you know, different seasons. I think I might just go year round. There's always something to talk about when it comes to sports. It wasn't fun sitting on the sidelines. I was realizing like, man, I don't think this is a good good idea, especially with a lot that happened during the offseason. So I'm not sure if I'm going to continue to do that. But again, I want to remind you, you can find the show on Twitter, Full Count Chaos, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, head over to FullCountChaos.com. There you'll find many ways to uh, keep in contact with me, subscribe to the show, and other ways to have fun while tuning in. Now, before I get started, I, I do want to say rest in peace, Frank Robinson. You are going to be missed, my friend. What a great human being. What a great ball player. Unless you've been under a rock wearing earplugs, you heard about Frank Robinson dying at the age of 83. Extremely sad news. I've never met the guy, but I know people who have met him, and they just had nothing but great things to say about him. Just a wonderful person. And it was neat to hear players like Jim Palmer and Boog Powell uh, tell stories that they had with Frank Robinson about, you know, in the locker room behind closed doors, just, you know, <laughs> some pretty funny stories. So that was kind of neat. Like 105.7, the fan that I tuned into all week, uh, you had just players who, who've played with him over the years and just had some really cool stories that I got to hear and some interviews that were played that I've never heard with Frank Robinson. Just an outstanding player, Hall of Fame player, played with the Orioles for six seasons. Um, I wish I got to meet the guy. Again, like I've said, the people who have met him that I know just couldn't stop raving about the guy. So, thoughts and prayers out to Frank Robinson's family and friends. Mr. Robinson, you will be missed. All right. Uh, now, again, like I said, so much to go over. And I got a couple emails, uh, a few emails that came in while I was off uh, pertaining to stories that they've had in Camden Yards. If you didn't tune in last season, if you're just finding the podcast right now, I want to get you guys involved. And one of the ways doing that is any experiences that you've had at Camden Yards or any baseball stadium, whether it's funny, dramatic, you witnessed a fight, uh, I don't know, one of the greatest moments you've ever had watching the Orioles play or whatever the case is. You know, you met the love of your life, sat next to her at a ball game, and there you are. You're married with nine kids, whatever it is, right into the show. Full count chaos at gmail.com. I want to learn all about you. Also, I have a question for you guys. I was watching Rookie of the Year the other night. Very believable movie. I mean, kid breaks his arm, can now throw 100 miles per hour. But I'm sitting there watching the movie, and, you know, I'm like, if I had to make a list, and this goes out to you, if you had to make a list of your top five all-star Hollywood pitchers, who would they be? All right? There's a lot of baseball movies out there, a lot of Hollywood movies baseball pitchers but if you were making an all-star team and you needed five pitchers all right who would you pick again full count chaos at gmail.com of course we're going to be talking about the orioles people asked me if i was going to be talking about robert Kraft. now i'm not i mean it's it's an orioles podcast i know we talk about sports but 77 year old billionaire who likes rubbing tubs i mean who cares 
you know, when I read the news, it's like, okay, so what? He just happened to go to one that was, uh, that got busted. All right, whatever. Uh, Manny Machado. You know, I'm sick of talking about this douchebag already. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. And I talked about it last year. I never liked the guy. I've always thought he was a dirty player. He acted like a little diva bitch. But, hey, he was hitting walk-off Grand Slam home runs for the Orioles, so we stuck up for him. But here he is. He talks shit about the Orioles. I don't think he was talking shit about the fans. But when you talk about the Orioles, we love the Orioles. The Orioles are part of our lives. They're like family. We stick up for him. And he was talking shit. But again, I, I've, I've said it plenty of times. I've always thought he was a douchebag, but I stuck up for him because he was an Oriole. <laughs> so you're going to eventually, and now there's fans talking about when he comes into Baltimore, I'm going to boo his ass. All right, whatever. I think it'll be 50-50 when he comes back in the, the ballpark. It'll be very interesting. And I will be at that game. Now with the Orioles, I'm going to get to these emails in just a second. Uh, we, again, I've got so much to go over with you guys. It's just some fans think they're, uh, that the Orioles are going to surprise everyone. You sound insane. Do you realize <laughs> think that? they're going to make the playoffs. Watch. You watch. They're going to surprise everyone. And I just respond, I think surprising would be winning over 65 games. I think they're going to be at like 45, 50, but maybe they'll get an extra five or six wins. Maybe they'll get up to 60. Who knows? But again, it could happen winning it all. Why not, right? I mean, it, things are so bad. SK was like, screw that. I'm gone. That's okay. I think they went out of business. I don't even know who's going to sponsor the hot dog race anymore. That's depressing. But spring training has officially started, and we do it every year. If you try to shake your head and say, no, I don't, yes, you do. You always try to figure out how the Orioles are going to look for the season during spring training. We all do it, but you can't. doesn't work. When they went 2-0 to start spring training, I had friends texting me going, I told you they're going to be good. I basically just deleted their number from my phone. I said, I am not talking to somebody who texts me and says, I told you they're going to be good after going 2-0 in spring training. Get the hell out of here. It's difficult to get excited about spring training and how players are doing because we all know how that can just go to shit once the season starts. All right, uh, we're going to get a lot of Orioles stuff I want to go over, but these emails that came in while I was off, um, I want to get to real quick. Uh, This one's from Nevaeh. She says, hey, Nate, my husband and I listen to your show and find it very funny. Uh, your view on the Orioles makes us laugh, too. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, by the way. But anyway, she says, A few years ago, my friends and I had one of our weekly girl night out bashes and decided to go on an Orioles game that Saturday night. She said, My girlfriend, who was sitting next to me, was talking to a couple guys sitting behind us. She says, I didn't think anything of it, knowing my friend is single and very flirty. Well, apparently they swapped phone numbers pretty quick after only talking for about one inning But I don't blame her seeing what the guy looked like. About an hour later, we noticed a couple girls showed up and sat next to the guy she was talking to. One of the girls sat next to the guy she got the number from, kissed him on the cheek, apologizing for taking so long. So we knew she was with him, whether a girlfriend or a hookup buddy. Uh, She says, obviously, she was with that guy who shouldn't have been swapping numbers. My friend and I just looked at each other and laughed. At first, she wasn't going to say anything, but... But she then decided to call him out on his shit. Uh Uh-oh. She turned around and said, I think I gave you my work number by accident. What number was that I gave you? Well, the girl suddenly threw a drink on my friend (laughs) for giving him her number after they were going back and forth a little bit. My friend, of course, threw her drink back. And before I knew it, I'm breaking up a mean cat fight at Camden Yards, section 23, 10 rows back. (laughs) 
So if anyone was at the Blue... <laughs> she says, so if anyone was at the Blue Jays game two years ago during June and watched a fight break out, that was my friend fighting some skank. <laughs> That's from Nevaeh. Nevaeh, hey, thank you for participating in the show. I appreciate you writing in. Yeah, rule number nine in my life, never get between two girls fighting. They have zero rules when fighting. I was dating this one girl many moons ago, obviously before my wife, who every time we went out, she'd at least get in one fight. She was just a fighter. It only lasted for like three months. After a while, I'm like, I'm tired of breaking up fights. But I'm sorry, but girls, when you fight, you guys, it's like you will make a weapon out of anything. Some MacGyver type shit. Find a straw before you know it. It's a switchblade and it's in some girl's neck. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I try to step away. I, I just try to yell at them to stop. Hey, knock it off. My guy, uh, you know, I have guy friends that fight. Bigger guys, you know, 6'5", 300 pounds. I'll get in the middle of them trying to break it up. Girl fight, forget about it. Just call 911. Please, section 20, row 10. I need you guys right now. Never seen a girl fight at Camden Yards. <laughs> but I, I have seen plenty of them at Ravens Stadium. <laughs> a lot of girl fights. I don't know. People don't break up fights anymore, I've noticed. They, they just record that shit. <laughs> that, I think that's why fights go on for so long these days. They just, you know, see a fight. Their first instinct is to pull their phone out. Mine's to help, you know, break it up, make sure everybody's okay. I'm still old school. You know, you, you walk over to a fight, you hear somebody. I, I don't think he's breathing. I'm like, why are you just recording? They look up at you. It's for my YouTube channel. And then you realize it's a damn medic. Oh, boy. Well, again, I appreciate the email, Nevea. <laughs> Giving out phone numbers. It's funny. My wife's nephew said, thought it was weird that people hand out phone numbers. I've heard people in like their early 20s be like, ew, ew. I would never give my phone number to anybody. That, that That's creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone just hands out their Instagram page now. Um, got another email from Jay. Uh, by the way, I hope your friend was okay, Nevaeh. <laughs> I'd like to know who won the fight. Uh, email from Jay. He says, I was walking to the bathroom opening day at Camden Yards 2017 and saw a guy laying in a puddle of his own puke. He looked dead and people were just stepping over him. I'm assuming that was his puke unless he likes laying in other people's puke. I've been to three opening day games and each one feels like you're in a college party. Almost like Preakness. I've seen girls flash their tits big fights break out, and people drink by 10 a.m. passed out. Opening day is quite the party scene for college kids. Yeah, appreciate the email, Jay. Oh, absolutely. Opening day is one of the few days I've always said that helps alcoholics feel normal. (laughs) You know, opening day, you see somebody standing out on the street at 9.30 a.m. drinking a beer. You're like, ah, you know, it's opening day. Of course. It makes complete sense. Just driving by on a regular Tuesday, same thing. You're like, oh, boy. This guy's got a problem. You got to talk to him. You know, half the fans there at opening day. It's so funny. I don't, I don't even think they know when the game started. And, and that was a good point. It's like Preakness. It's exactly what it's like. People don't know when the horses start racing. People are so hammered by noon, they don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's very true. It's a good example, Preakness. I've been to a few opening days. And it's that way all the time. And I've... You know, in my uh, mid-20s, I can't do it anymore like I used to with drinking. I actually went to Deep Creek this past weekend. Oh, my God, two-day hangovers now. There's no such thing as just waking up feeling like shit, and then a couple days, uh, a couple hours later, you're good. That's not how it works anymore. 
So again, Jay, thanks for the email. That's it, uh, yeah, yeah. I think opening day should be a holiday for businesses. By the way, just close everything down except pickles. And one more email. This was just a guy who came across my podcast and he wanted to uh, give me a shout out. He says, hey, I just stumbled across your podcast and wanted you to know that I think it's fantastic. I'm sitting here at work laughing my ass off listening to Knocked Out. Too freaking funny. I can't wait for the new season to begin. Keep up the great work from Craig. Craig, thank you very much for the email. Always appreciate anyone just reaching out saying love the show. Means a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, and before we get back to the Orioles, I always like to give a heads up on on any new shows or movies that I've seen during the week. I do this every week. Uh, Aquaman, what a piece of turd that was. I had so many people tell me I'm going to love Aquaman. I'm sorry, that was one of the corniest movies I've seen in a long time. That movie was terrible. I'm not a big comic book guy. Never really followed Aquaman, but I'm sorry. <laughs> that shit was corny. Any movie that's about mermaids fighting underwater. That should have been a big clue. I shouldn't waste my money. Uh, Again, I I had no idea why people were telling me uh, uh, that was a great movie. True Detective Season 3, that was a real deal until the very last 10 minutes of the last episode. Uh, And on Netflix, uh, check out Fire Documentary. What a shit show. (laughs) You think you have bad situations at work, things that aren't working out. Watch that documentary. Ja Rule, what a dirtbag. What an absolute dirtbag. I know he tunes into the show. I know he heard me. Anyway, back to the Orioles now. Uh, so glad baseball is right around the corner. Thank God. Now, of course, when we go to Camden Yards this season, it's going to be a little different. We're not going to see Manny, Scope, Adam Jones, Zach Britton coming out to end games. I mean, basically, all your favorite players, everybody, <laughs> the jersey that you bought for your son or for yourself to wear games, they're gone. Cleaning house. I mean, maybe you were a Trey Mancini fan. I'm I'm a big fan of Trey Mancini. I do think he's going to be a part of the future. I hope. You know, maybe you have your Chris Davis jersey. You're going to get to see him for the next few months. He's going to be gone after July, regardless whether he does well or not. Could be trade bait, or he just could stink so bad that they just said goodbye, Chris. You're done. But it is going to be fun watching these young players. It's going to be very exciting at times. Watching these kids run the base paths. There's going to be speed on the base paths now. We're not used to that. We're all used to seeing bases loaded. Hit down the right field line. Orioles only score one run. We're all looking at each other like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) We're down by three. We should have tied the game. We're still down by two. How in the hell did that just happen? But this year, it's going to be different. I mean, look, we're seeing some power so far as well in spring training. You got Mount Castle, Chancisco, Cedric Mullins. The guys are hitting the ball. They're punching it. They beat uh, the Red Sox right now as I'm uh, recording this. 9-1. to one, 16 hits. I mean, look, whether it's spring training or not, those are the that's the kind of shit you want to see. Look, I'm sure it's nice for these young players to have a veteran like Chris Davis around. And I'm sure they don't look at him like the fans do. But I'm so sick of hearing his bullshit, Chris Davis. I mean, Jim Palmer last year calling him out. Proving everybody that he, he's full of shit. He wasn't working on a swing. Now, this year, he's one for nine, seven strikeouts. He's got a home run, but even a broken watch is right twice a day. So who really cares about that? Lord only knows what pitcher he was facing. And (laughs) during the offseason being interviewed, uh, big surprise, he doesn't like the shift. (laughs) He came out and was like, I don't like the shift. Yeah, no shit. And then Davis told reporters during the Orioles Fan Fest last weekend that he consulted with Rangers personnel 
from his six years with the organization during the offseason. If you, if you didn't know, obviously, Chris Davis came from the Rangers. And here's what he said to reporters. I made a lot of changes this offseason. I saw a lot of different people, people that I hadn't seen in a decade, but that knew me in a younger age when I was in the Rangers minor league system. And I feel like it just kind of opened me up. Well, everybody's wondering, why'd you wait so fucking long? And why'd you tell everybody that you were doing everything you could? Now, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, uh, I'm actually going to be doing some stuff. Things are going to change. So I'm just tired of hearing his crap. Prove it. But again, regardless, whether he's really good or he continues to suck ass, uh, I I think he's only going to be here half season. Oh, man, when he's gone, I am not going to miss him. I'm not going to miss him at all. I will miss... It was fun watching him in 2012, 2013. I think even 2014 he put on a show. That was fun. Lord only knows what in the world happened to that guy. But again, when he's gone, no matter what, no matter what he does for the next few months when the season starts, I will not miss him. And I'm very curious to see how Brandon Hyde, Michael Elias, how they handle him. I mean, what if he comes in April and he just starts shitting the bed constantly? You got to take him out of the lineup. Buck Showalter, you freaking mental patient. How the hell he just kept batting him in the five and six spot? I would never understand that. But I'm pretty sure Brandon Hyde's going to handle that a little different. Again, I will not miss that guy, Chris Davis. Now, one thing I have missed and will miss when the time comes that he leaves is Gary Thorne. I have missed that voice. Pulse is retarded. When you hear Gary Thorne's voice, you know, summer's right around the corner. Baseball has started. I mean, he's the generation where drinking and smoking at work was normal. You know what I mean? He quit smoking, but the drinking on the job, still up for debate. I always think if you listen closely, you can hear the ice hit the side of his glass. You know, no one's going to, Palmer's not going to throw him under the bus, right? They're buddies. They're co-workers. You look out for one another. <laughs> but he's starting to lose his marbles. And I have to tell a lot of people this. Okay, if the Orioles aren't exciting, if they're losing 8-1, to 7 to nothing every game, uh, just tune in to Gary Thorne because he's starting to lose his marbles a little bit. You know, what will he say next, right? He's already called someone retarded. He's already said shit on national television last year. What is he going to say next? And speaking of announcers uh, and broadcasting, Joe Angel retiring. That sucks. He's going to be waved in. Here's the Machado relay, the tag. They got him. They got him. They got him. They got him at the plate. What a great voice. Just, And I'm sure you've done it too. You put the game on the TV. If it's like Mike Bordick and Jim Hunter, I mute that shit. I, th- those two together, I just can't listen to it. Could be in the minority, but I don't like it. But I mute the TV, turn on the radio, listen to Joe Angel. Ah. So much better. So much better. And, you know, while I was away, let's quickly go down the timeline. That would get everybody caught up. I, I need to get caught up. Uh, so bye-bye, Buck. Bye-bye, Duquette. Bye-bye, Kirby. Bye-bye, Dickerson. Bye-bye, Cool Ball. Everyone get the hell out. Cleaning house. <laughs> That's about it. Just clean house. Bringing it, you know, there's a bunch of guys with laptops sitting around. You got $10,000 cameras all over the place. Analytics is now a thing with the Orioles. <laughs> it's not Buck. Just looking at him, you know, he's got a little notebook. He saw that this batter in 2010 was two for four. And when Buck was fired, Duquette was walking around like he finally got the keys to the Lamborghini. 
That was funny. And then, uh, uh, like, a day later, like, no, Duquette, hand the keys back. You are out of here, buddy. Mike Elias gets hired. Oh, fan, uh, Orioles fans get pretty freaking excited when that guy gets hired because we all <laughs> we all read his resume. He goes, thug life, clean house, started making some major changes. Started he even fired people that actually hired him. Uh, and then, you know, Brandon Hyde gets man, uh, hired, managed uh, helped manage on the Cubs. Uh, a lot of Cub players talked highly about Brandon Hyde. Big part of helping the team get to the World Series, they said. They said he's going to be missed. He's a great guy. He's a young guy. I've always thought a bench coach was such an overrated position. Again, that's what Brandon Hyde did for the Cubs, but whatever. We'll take him. And I remember the, the first or second episode of last year when I started the podcast, I thought I was in the minority saying, I want Buck Showalter to leave. I want a younger guy to come in. He's, he's coddling the veterans. And here we are. Now they get rid of Buck, and it just seems like everybody was like, yeah, 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 we wanted to get rid of him. But when I said that on the podcast last year, I'm getting a ton of emails of people being like, how dare you? What the, what the fuck do you know? Buck Showalter's the greatest manager that's ever played the game, okay? I still think he needs to go. Uh, again, I know I'm late to the party. I'm starting the uh, Orioles podcast here in March, you know, going over the history of Brandon Hyde, undrafted out of Long Beach, spent four seasons in the White Sox organization, reaching as high as AAA Charlotte for nine games in 2000 as a player, by the way, not as a coach, of course. After one year of independent baseball, he went back to Long Beach State to work as a graduate assistant. Now, Dan Connolly wrote a really nice article about Brandon Hyde in The Athletic a couple weeks ago, all about how he came up playing sports and his family felt he was meant to be a manager, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, all kids would be sport players and baseball players and coaches and managers if they wound up doing what they were good at, you know, playing t-ball, being being good, playing baseball in high school. Such a cliche thing to say. I knew my son would be doing this. He was born to manage baseball. You know, come on. I, I used to golf all the time when I was a kid, and I was really good at it. So I guess if I was in, in the PGA winning, my mom would say the same thing. Oh, he golfed all the time as a kid. He was born to do this. <laughs> Dan Connolly also wrote about how he likes Hyde so far. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny. First week he becomes manager, Dan Connolly's being like, man, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> I don't like him. Seems like a dick. Of course, everyone's going to be like, hey, he's a great guy. He's a really nice guy. I love how he's doing things so far. Yeah, because it's not like Buck. And again, uh, uh, he plays musical on the field now. <laughs> oh, and I, what about Adam Jones? What the hell's going to happen to him? He hasn't signed everyone yet. I wouldn't mind if he signed with the Orioles, of course. But Mike Elias admitted they're dumpster diving. He's trying to make everyone understand they're not spending money. No veteran pickups. Duquette made it seem like his strategy, you know, dumpster diving was his strategy. Michael Elias is just like, look, that's what we're doing right now. Just be patient. We've seen stuff like Orioles signing 32-year-old Escobar to a minor league deal, 700K if he cracks the big league roster. I've talked to some of you about that thinking, what the hell was that about? Just some more dumpster diving. And I, I looked up his stats. I mean, I remember him being pretty good on the Royals. <laughs> But then when I was reading his stats, I was like, oh, I I thought he was a little better than that. His career average is 258. Last year, Escobar was one of the worst offensive hitters to play every day in Major League Baseball, hitting 200. Guess who was number one? Yep, Christopher Davis. Holy shit. You're a boy. Fans think this rebuild will be fun to watch. They're all very excited. It's a new thing, new faces. 
You're hearing about you reading up on Mike Elias, how he likes to do things different. Basically just opposite of what the Orioles did last year. But I got to tell you, one month into this, when the Orioles still stink, you're going to be saying rebuilds can kiss my ass. This is terrible. I mean, rebuilds are only fun during the offseason to talk about, right? I think that's why everyone's excited. You know, opening day hasn't started yet. New new people. We're reading new articles about new people. The way that they're changing things. We're finally getting caught up to 2019 on on how it is to manage baseball and and the analytics and all that shit. As soon as the game starts, a month in, in, in mid-May, you're going to remember how much rebuilds suck. And I don't think it's going to be like the 14 miserable years that we sat through with the Orioles. I am convinced there is a plan and Michael Elias, I trust. USA Today put out an article uh, the other day. Top 100 players to watch. I thought it was interesting. Mount Castle was 78, and Hunter Harvey was 92. There's good news for you. And uh, Pakota, Pasota, Pakata, whatever, whatever the hell. I've heard people pronounce it 20 different ways. They project on, uh, you know, the records for each team every year. They project the Orioles to be 12 wins better than last year. Bad news is they're still going to suck. <laughs> I was so excited when I read that. I was like, oh, hell yeah. 12 wins better? That's great. So pathetic to be happy over 59 wins. And if you don't know who Pakota is, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. It's a system that takes a player's past performance and tries to project the most likely outcome for the following season. It looks at all the numbers and all the numbers that make up the numbers to see which players are more likely to repeat their success and which ones benefited from good fortune. So there you go. That's how they figure it out. They have the Yanks projected to win 95. It's probably going to be their wins after August. God dang, man, the Yankees. Oof. Their freaking bullpen. God dang. Chapman, Batantanis, Britton, Chad Green. It, it, it's going to be brutal. If you're not beating the Yankees after the fourth inning... You're going to lose. That's it. Forget it. Just cash your chips in and go home. Uh, let's see. They have the Yankees actually on this on the website here. Uh, they have the Yankees winning 97, the Red Sox winning 90, Tampa Bay 85, Blue Jays 76, the Orioles winning 57. They have the Indians winning the division, winning 96. They got the Astros winning the division, winning 98. And then right below it, the Angels winning 80. Yay, yay, yay. They got the Rangers only winning 71. Now they got the Phillies winning the division, winning 89. But this was before Bryce was signed, so I'm sure that's going to be changed. You got the Brewers winning with 88 wins, winning the division. They got the Dodgers winning the division in 93. I want to see what they projected last year for the Orioles, how close they were. (laughs) I don't think anyone was close with the Orioles. They had the Orioles winning 71. I'd be thrilled if they won that uh, if they won that many. They had the Yankees winning 97. They had the Red Sox winning 88. They had the Rays winning 83. I think the Rays, didn't they win 90? <laughs> Nobody talked about them. Those fuckers played their ass off and they did nothing. They had the Cubs winning 91, Dodgers winning 97. So anyway, who knows how many games the Orioles are going to win this year. I'm, I'm just excited because baseball has started spring training. I say it every year. Next year, I'm going to go down to Florida because I have uh, you know, a friend of mine. He does do that. He, he owns his own company. He can take off any time he wants. He's got a shit ton of money, and he's always going down there. And I say every year, I'm going with you next year. My wife's even like, yeah, go have fun. 
I don't know. I, I got to get down there. Oh, one thing I did want to mention, of course, I forgot. I'm sorry. Mike Mussina uh, making the Hall of Fame decides not to represent any team. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at him about that. I'm actually going to have to agree with that decision. You know, fuck it. Why not? Royal fans were outraged by his decision. It's like having one extra ticket to the Super Bowl and you're going to take your wife or your best friend. You go by yourself and sell the second ticket. There you go. No drama. It was Mucina's day. He didn't want any drama. That was a lose-lose situation no matter what he did. Good for him for just saying, screw this. He was just doing his best to have a drama-free day. Just wanted to focus on making the Hall of Fame. So congratulations, Mike Mucina. Very happy for you. My God, would it be nice to have a Mike Mucina kind of guy on the Orioles today. Boy, do we need one. But looking forward to the season. I don't care. Let's see what happens in the next two to three years, four years. Uh, Now, where did all our favorite Orioles go? That's very interesting. Marcakis, who I still feel would be a great player. He went back to the Braves, $4 million, one year. Uh, Tim Beckham, I don't know. I don't really give a shit about the guy, but he went to Seattle one year, uh, $1.75 million. Uh, Caleb Joseph, not sad about that, that he left. Great guy, but I don't know. When you have a player on the team, on your favorite team, and he's not doing much to help the team win, it's okay to see him go bye-bye. Uh, he went to the Diamondbacks, $1.1 million. Uh, Scope to the Twins. Britain with the Yankees, as we already know. And... Weeders, Matt Weeders signed a minor league deal with the Cardinals. I was laughing with a friend of mine. I'm like, man, you know you're getting old. All your all our favorite players, you know, in the past five, ten years are getting minor league deals. Granderson, he just got a minor league deal. It, it's just, I don't know. When you when you see those kind of things, those guys know they're getting old. I know I'm getting old. All my favorite players are starting to get minor league deals. <laughs> Who cares? They're still making millions of dollars. Again, I want to get you guys involved in the show. Reach out, fullcountcast at gmail.com. Next week, I'd like to hear uh, who your top five, top two, top three Hollywood pitchers would be on your all-star team. I will go over my top five next week as well. Uh, Anything else on your mind, reach out, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you.